Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story is entitled, briefly, A Twin. Doubting is dangerous. And this story is based on Matthew chapter 10 and John chapter 11 and 20. My young life was typical of a boy growing up in Jewish society. I was one of twin boys. However, it is not my purpose here to tell you about my brother, but about someone more important than a brother a boy could ever have. I was born in the time when many scholars of the sacred scriptures said that the Messiah was due to appear. This brought great joy to many, but did not please the religious leaders of our day. They certainly did not want to lose their power, which is what would have happened if the Messiah came and did all that was prophesied of him. And then one day, one fateful day, I came across a man who was preaching about the kingdom of heaven. I was drawn to his message and particularly to him. I don't know what it was, for in some respects he was much like the other men of our time, but there was something different about him. It seemed that the light of heaven was in his eyes, and as he looked at the people, you could tell that he loved them. Thousands flocked about him every day. One day when I was thinking deeply about the things he had told us, I suddenly realised he was looking at me. He said, Thomas, I want you to follow me. I forgot all about what I was engaged in and responded willingly to his invitation to be his disciple. I did not know what was before me, but from my knowledge of the scriptures, I knew that this man was indeed the Messiah. Early in his ministry, Jesus Christ, for that is who he was, called other men to follow him, just as he had called me. We listened intently to what he had to say. We were amazed that we had never heard these words before, or even thought about the principles of his teaching, for they were expressed in a new and refreshing way. It was like a cool evening breeze from the Sea of Galilee, flowing over us and banishing the oppressive heat of the day. There is so much I could tell you about life with Jesus that it wasn't an easy life we lived. We counted it as nothing compared to the honour we had of being in his presence and listening to his words of life. We hoped that his ministry would continue for many years, but we knew something dreadful was ahead of our master. We tried to dismiss what he said from our minds, hoping that things would get better and better. One evening, When we celebrated the Passover, he told us that one of us would betray him to the authorities that very night. I cannot bear to think of how events unfolded that night and the following day, when our hearts felt like they had been torn out of our bodies, our much-loved Saviour was tortured and then crucified. He died on a dreadful Roman cross. I was naturally of a doubtful disposition, so I found it very difficult to understand that we would see our dear Lord again, even though he had said that he would rise from the grave. 
So when the other disciples told me that he had appeared to them in a locked room the very night of his resurrection and had spoken to them when I was absent, I just could not believe it. I told them that I would not believe it until I had placed my hands in the wounds in his body. What a surprise was in store for me eight days later. We're all meeting together. I was present this time. Jesus suddenly appeared amongst us. After greeting us with words of peace, he turned to me and invited me to put my finger into his wounds in his hands and to place my hand in the wound in his side. He then told me not to doubt, but believe. This cut right to my heart, for I knew that I did not have to touch his wounds, and right there I bowed before him and said, My Lord, my God. My mind then flashed back to the occasion when I had given voice to my doubts. On one occasion he had told us that he was going to prepare a place for us in the mansions of God, and that he would come back and take us to be with him. At that time I could not understand what he had said, so I said, Lord, we have no idea where you are going, so how will we be able to get to that place? And then... When we were about to go with him to Bethany several days after Lazarus had died, I said to the other disciples, We may as well go and die with him there. I was sure the authorities had set a trap for our master, and that would be the end of his ministry and the end of our lives. However, everything changed for me when Jesus invited me to touch his wounds. Never again did I doubt that our precious Saviour had risen. In a few weeks, we saw him ascend to heaven and we heard the reassuring words of the angels who had come down to accompany him. They told us this very same Jesus would come back again one day in a similar manner as we had just seen him ascend into the clouds. This greatly encouraged us and after the Holy Spirit descended upon us at Pentecost, we were changed men. We went to all the places he had told us to go to, preaching the gospel as we went. I particularly liked the challenge of going to the furthest corners of the earth. Perhaps I could do that. Maybe I would even go to that far distant land of India that was part of the Persian Empire hundreds of years ago. Whatever was ahead of me, I was determined never to doubt my Saviour's words again. You may know me as Thomas which is my name in Aramaic. I was one of the 12 disciples. I was also called Didymus, which is my name in Greek. Both names mean twin. You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, Give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.